Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Neurodiverse Teacher Podcast. Today, my guest is Brendan Kumarasamy. Brendan is the founder and CEO of Master Talk, a coaching business he started to help ambitious executives and business owners become top 1% communicators in their industries so they can accelerate their success in the workplace and companies. He also hosts a successful YouTube channel by the same name with over 11,000 subscribers. He's coached many executives from companies like Salesforce, Amazon, IBM, Morgan Stanley, Blue Cross, J. Walter Thompson, Deloitte, Verizon, and more. So welcome, Brendan, to the Neurodiverse Teacher Podcast. We're really excited to have you here today. Kristen, the pleasure is absolutely mine. Thanks for having me. Wonderful. Well, I'm going to jump right into it if you're good with that. And I want you to tell me a little bit more about your passion for helping others develop sound communication practice. And where does that passion stem from? Yeah, absolutely. Happy to get started with that. So when I was in business school, I, I did that for college and university. And I did these things called case competitions. Think of it like professional sports, but for nerds, Kristen. So while other guys my age are playing baseball or rugby or football or some of the dangerous thing you probably wouldn't see me playing, I did presentations competitively. And that's how I learned how to speak. But then as I got older, I started coaching a lot of the students on how to communicate ideas because I wanted them to win competitions. And that's what accidentally built my ability to coach other people on how to communicate. And that's what led to the YouTube channel because I realized that everything I had in my mind wasn't really available for free on the internet. So I just started making videos and then a few years later turned into something I never could have imagined. That is really cool. I mean, I I always like when something kind of starts from just something, hey, I'm doing this or I'm interested in this. And then it like grows into something really, really big. That's really, really neat to me. So so it started when you were in college. Is this is this what you were going to school for? Is this what you thought this is what you were going to want to do or pursue? I wish. Yeah, not even close, actually. My bachelor's degree that I completed and graduated in is in accounting. Oh, wow. So all things. Complete kind of 180 then. Oh, yeah. You know, I worked at PricewaterhouseCoopers for a while as, as an accountant. I worked at IBM as a tech consultant. So I definitely took a 180 in, in my career, and it was definitely unexpected. That's, <laughs> so tell me, did people seek you out then in college? Was there something like, how? was it more just they wanted to learn how to be a good speaker? Did they say, hey, I've got this big presentation going up and I'm freaking out. Can you help me with this? Like, how did, how did this kind of come to be? For sure, Kristen. So so what happened was when I entered these case competitions, it was my first semester of, of, of college, mm-hmm. I really wanted to get a job, a really successful job, because I didn't come from a lot of money. So that was my goal. So I had my oversized suit on that I got for 100 bucks because I couldn't afford anything better. And I would go to these cocktails and I'd ask these students, well, how did you get these jobs at Ernst Young and Price and Deloitte mm-hmm. and all that stuff? Mm-hmm. And what they told me really shocked me because I thought they were going to say grades. And they all said, do case competitions. I said, huh? Like, what's a case competition? And then they started to explain that it's kind of like getting drafted into the NBA, but for business, where you do these competitions and then executives at companies recruit you to work at their companies. And I said, oh, okay. So I started doing really well at these things. I just had a gift for speaking. I started winning a couple of them. Mm-hmm. And then the year after, I took more of a mentorship role for that program. And I just made myself the communication coach because I felt that all of a lot of these students that were going to these competitions weren't great at speaking. So I just started coaching them on my own, kind of my own, uh, my own initiative. And it just turned, mm-hmm. in, I just became known for that. 
That's really cool. So where did you get that knowledge base? That is it something where you just felt like I'm just nat- like naturally I'm really good at this. I feel good. I get a lot of compliments. So I, I want to take these kind of natural skills and help them. Or is it something that you felt like you were exposed to or developed someplace when you were younger? Yeah. I mean, you're asking me the right questions, Kristen, that I wish most people asked me. And the truth of the matter is I'm, I'm very much, you know, I figured it out all myself. And the reason is because I didn't really have a lot of money. There wasn't that many videos out there on YouTube. Sure. You had to look a couple of books like Dale Carnegie stuff mm-hmm. or Craig Valentine stuff, but you don't really have, I didn't really have money for a coach or Toastmasters, even if Toastmasters isn't that expensive. So most of it was self-taught actually. I just taught myself how to speak with my, my peer group. Cause a lot of the people in these case competitions are very talented people. You know, there's only mm-hmm. 70 people in this program, but there's 7,000 people in the faculty. So it's the top 1% mm-hmm. of the students. So, so it was easy for me to, to learn this on my own because everyone is a great speaker. But mm-hmm. the real challenge became after I got good at it, how do I transfer my skill set to other people? And frankly, I sucked at it. I had no idea what I was doing. Think of me like a mad scientist who tried 25 different things and mm-hmm. seven or three of those things worked. And that's mm-hmm. how I built a lot of my thought leadership. And that's why a lot of my thought leadership is fairly unique because I didn't really take it from another coach. I kind of figured it out myself along the way. I like that. So you found something that you're like, this is my niche. I'm really good at this, but I'm going to make it my own. Now, were you a really good speaker even when you were really young, like in elementary school, middle school, high school? Did you did you do stuff like debate team or anything like that? So funny enough, for most of my life, Kristen, I actually wasn't that great at communication. And the reason is because I know a lot of this are odd coincidence. You're probably looking at me you're like, what is happening here? No, I mean, you just sound <laughs> so wonderful and you're so passionate about this. I just assumed that, yeah, like I've been rocking this since elementary school. Yeah, I, I wish as well. So no, I actually had a lot of problems growing up and I'll, I'll list a couple of them. So I, I grew up in a city called Montreal. For those who don't know, Montreal is a city in Canada where you need to know how to speak French, which is a language I didn't know. So my whole life, not only did I have to present which was uncomfortable. I had to present in a language I didn't even know. So super challenging. I still live in Montreal. I love the city, but Mm -hmm. a big challenge. That's challenge number one. Challenge number two is I have a crooked left arm. And the reason is because because I had a surgery when I was two, three years old. Mm -hmm. So because of that surgery, I had a big cast when I was in kindergarten and first grade, and it was really hard for me to make friends. And then the third one that we alluded to earlier is you would think that a communication expert at least has a bachelor's in communication. I have a bachelor's degree in accounting. So there you go. Hey, I have a bachelor's in communications and now I do education. So who who knew, right? So, I mean, I, I just think it's so funny that accounting to communication seems like a much further stretch than communications to teaching. So, but I love it. And and it, you really are like, I can tell just speaking with you right off the bat, you're very personable. It's very clear. Um, it's very engaging. And so I just assumed that you must have had that, that skill set, like a natural skill set, but what I'm hearing from you is that, no, that was something that you developed as you got got older. Were you shy when you were younger at all? How did you feel about getting up and talking to people? And I, I love that you brought that up, Kristen, because it really points the conclusion that, heck, if I can do it, anyone can do this. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm so passionate about what I do, because a lot of us think that speaking and communication is just built-in talent. 
when the truth is, is no, no, no. Like my ecosystem, my ethos Mm -hmm. of my thought leadership is a quote by Kevin Durant, which is hard work beats talent any day of the week when talent fails to work hard. Right. And that's really the key. Right. So, so that's the idea is I just practiced a lot. And, and I I will say that when I was younger to your question, I wasn't that shy of as a kid, like I wasn't Mm -hmm. super socially awkward, but I had trouble communicating because I didn't know French for probably the first few years of my education. Because in, in Montreal, you actually have to study in French. So from the ages of 5 to 16, I was in French school. And I only got a, a hand of the language probably when I was 7 or 8 years old. So the first 2 3 years, I literally could not communicate with any of the other students. So it was really, really funny back then for sure. But I wasn't shy or awkward any of that stuff. Okay. Well, and kudos to you. I I think about if I had to do that, I don't know if I could have done that and be immersed in another language. Now, at least you were at the right age, seven, eight, trying to do that. Maybe middle school, high school could have been a little bit harder, but that's a challenge in itself. You're right. So if it's not even your first language and if you're in school and having to get up and talk in front of people, I could see where that'd be very nerve wracking, but maybe that's actually something that helped you later on because you've already had to deal with not only uh, getting up and speaking, but getting up and speaking in languages that weren't even your first language. Absolutely. You know, when when I switched back to English, I think that's where my long last confidence kind of came back to me. Because when I switched back to English for college or university, mm-hmm. I just had a confidence that I didn't have before in my speaking because every presentation before that was in French. So when I was allowed to switch back to English, I was like, oh, I get to speak my first language. It's going to be easy. And, and that's how I picked up and really started honing in my craft. That's excellent. Well, I have to ask you, I was looking at your website and I saw that you offer a free, and I'm saying free, I'm emphasizing that, a free workshop to help individuals improve their communication skills and become that top 1% of communicators in their industry. And I was really hoping you could share more about what the workshop is, what your motivation was for offering such an amazing resource at no cost to participants. Absolutely, Kristen. You know, my philosophy and and why I got into this, it was never supposed to even be a business. Obviously, now I'm grateful it's a successful coaching business, all that fun stuff. But when I started, it was really just about making free videos for people. And I just thought it was crazy that nobody was offering free trainings or even making free Mm -hmm. YouTube videos in a way that people can access these resources for free, whether or not they can afford a coach or not. So that's why we do a free workshop every two weeks, really just as a give back to the community. And if people want to jump in on one of those and they're not recorded webinars, they're live and they're facilitated by myself, you can just go to rockstarcommunicator.com and register for our next one. That is that is really cool. And I think that's really great because you're right. There are a lot of people out there who don't like to publicly speak. I was, I was just at a conference a couple of weeks ago and we, uh, everybody there had to get up and speak and everybody there was an entrepreneur or business owner of some kind. And it was funny, like these are people who, who are really passionate about what they do. Um, they have really great products, but when it got time to have to stand up in front of their peers and speak, I felt like some people were not getting their message across p- clearly or making the impact that they really could make because I mean, their product was fabulous or what they were really motivated towards was fabulous. But that communication piece really made you as a listener either tune out or not really understand what they were trying to get at. And so do you feel, and I think I kind of know the answer, but I'm going to ask you this anyways, do you feel like communication is something that is crucial to have if you're somebody who is an entrepreneur or somebody in business and you really want to be able to express to somebody 
what your business is or what it is that you're offering. Absolutely, Kristen. I, I definitely think it's essential for a couple of reasons. One, the question that a lot of business owners don't ask themselves is as my business is scaling, are my communication skills scaling with the business? What do I mean by this? Let's say you're a business doing 100K a year, to keep things simple. Usually at that level, when you're doing 100,000 or less, you're usually doing every part of the delivery yourself. So you're doing all the sales, all the marketing, all the fulfillment. And the ascension where you keep a client or a customer for a longer period of time. That's how it usually works. But then as the business scales, you start to delegate all of the things that you used to do. But if you're not a sharp communicator at that level, the way that you explain how to do things to your employees will create a lot of friction and inefficiencies within the business. Meaning mm -hmm. that a lot of your employees will come back to you and say, uh, what did you mean? What did you say? I didn't really get it. And it won't land as sharply as you could have before. And that will create a lot of wasted time. So that's one piece. The second piece is exactly what you said. You know, Brenda, I was at this conference and these entrepreneurs were getting on stage and they didn't do such a great job communicating their message, which drives me crazy. Because usually the hardest part isn't presenting. It's getting the engagement, getting the gig. So these entrepreneurs who are seasoned, successful – they're getting the opportunity to speak and they're missing out on that golden opportunity. Why? Because with communication, if you mastered it, you get to do what we call one-to-many interaction. So instead of talking to one person at a time every hour and convincing them to buy your product or service, you get to talk to a thousand of them at the same time for the same hour. So if you crush that keynote, not only will you get one call, you might get dozens of new customers for only one hour of your life. And I feel a lot of entrepreneurs brings me to number three. They don't make it a priority. And that's why they lose a lot of sales in their business. Mm. Now, and what do you think it is that they need to hear to understand that part? I mean, you and I just talked about that a little bit, but I feel like, do you think just people think that, oh, you know, it's not that big a deal or I, I do well enough? I mean, what do you think the mindset is behind that, that people don't seek out supports or services like you can offer to people? The, great question. Kristen. And here's what I would say. The people who don't seek for help aren't thinking big enough about their business. Let me mm. put that again. The people who aren't seeking for help. And, and help could be different things, by the way. I always want to make sure I'm clear. It doesn't always mean hiring a coach. If you're getting started in business, it could be watching my free videos or watching you know, the free interviews that you have here. But at some part of the business and you're growing, they don't think big enough, meaning that they don't mm. assume the business is going to work assume the business will be successful because if the business is going to be successful you obviously need to invest in communication because when you're doing half a million 750 to a million bucks a year or even beyond you obviously need to know how to communicate really well because you're managing all of these employees you're doing town hall meetings you're giving conferences keynotes people want you to speak people want you to be on their podcast you got to know how to deal with all the situations or even potentially posting on social media so my advice is always always assume your business is going to work and always prepare for the end goal of that business, not where you are right now. It's just a lot of entrepreneurs don't think big enough about where they want to be. That's a really good point. And so do you think that's a little bit of a mindset then? Do you think that they just, maybe they they think they're going to be successful, but there's that, that fear or that nagging, sinking anxiety around? I mean, do you think it's just mindset based that they're not thinking as big as they could be? 
Yeah, I think mindset is one of them. And another one is having very specific communication goals. So let me give an example. A lot of us have goals with our businesses or health or relationships, but very few of us have communication goals, like very specific things that we should work towards, towards our communication. And it's really easy to do this. Three questions, very simple. What do you want out of life? Is it a bigger business, more impact, more podcast downloads? That's the first question. The second question is who already has what we want in our life? Because usually something that we desire in our life, and it could be, doesn't have to be related to communication, literally just mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. They generally have it. Somebody else already has what we want. But then there's the third question that is the most important one that nobody thinks about. What type of communicator is the person that has what we want? Uh-huh. And what is the delta? What is the difference? What is the gap between that person and you? And when you start to do that, yeah, go ahead, jump in. No, I'm sorry. Like, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Like, my mind is blown because, like, I feel like you have people who will say, like, oh, yeah, you know, go go find that person that you want to, you know, be like or equate to. But I think the way that you just explained it is even more important or more impactful because you don't just find the person that you want to be like. You have to know how that person is communicating and then where you're not meeting up to where that person is or, or hitting that same standard. And that deficit is, is kind of where your room for improvement is. And I don't feel like you hear people talk about that aspect ever. Absolutely. And, and I'm glad, I'm glad you're excited by it. It really, it gives me confidence. I'm sharing something knowledgeable for people, but, but yeah, that's, that's the key, right? Is mm-hmm. if we don't understand the Delta, we'll never get there. Cause we focus on so many other areas instead of going, well, if I want to be Tony Robbins one day, am mm-hmm. I communicating like Tony Robbins is? If I want to be like Brene Brown someday, am I communicating like her right now in this moment of time? And if mm-hmm. the answer is no, we won't get there. And that's why it's so important for us to really visualize that end state of who we want to be and how that person is communicating. And if we can start to fix those issues today, mm-hmm. we're going to be setting ourselves up for a much brighter future. That's a, I, I like that. I feel like that's a really interesting point that you made. And it made me think of, of this question. Do you feel like your communication style or how you communicate or how you present yourself it's just as important as per se your brand is, you know, like that there's a big talk all the time about this is your brand. What is your brand? You know, what do you represent? But do you think the way you communicate is in a vital part of that brand? I do. But the only piece I would draw an, uh, a line on mm-hmm. is style and brand is something you only develop over time. Not okay. overnight. It's not something you can intellectualize. I'll give you an example for me. Mm-hmm. I really started making videos in my mom's basement, Kristen. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. But the key is, is that I was in movement. I was mm-hmm. taking action. I was actually putting myself out there. And then over time, I try and figure out what my style is. So it's not something that we can just sit down and go, what do I want my style to be? but rather something that gets created within us as we create more and more content, guest on more podcasts, speak on more stages. But the mm-hmm. worst way to figure out our style is to just sit at home on our computer and just wish for our style to come to us. That's the Absolutely. worst way to do it. The best way to do it is to really just keep increasing that output. That's one part of the conversation. The other part of the conversation is to study other speakers. So I'll give an example with me. 
I model my style off of hundreds of speakers. But if I had to name my top three, it would probably be Gary Vaynerchuk, Seth mm-hmm. Godin, and Scott Harrison. And I'll go really quickly as to why. Gary V is super direct and incredibly it. down to earth, right? So he's mm-hmm. my style. So I'm very aggressive. I copy that from him. Mm-hmm. Scott Harrison, very high risk communicator because whenever he's speaking on a stage he's trying to raise money for his nonprofit. so if he mm-hmm. messes up on stage people don't get water so it's very very risky when he mm-hmm. presents and the third one seth godin he has a very unique way of packaging information and i try and do the same thing the way that i communicate my ideas i like that i like that a lot and you also made me think of another and my brain is starting to go out on me what was that thought oh i loved it because i had a really good question for you it'll come back i know it'll, it'll come, come back. back it'll come back um, but I like that. I like that you're packaging and you're seeing other speakers and then you're kind of bringing that into, to develop your own brand of this is who, who I am as a speaker. And, and I think that's fantastic because I think that, oh, I remember what it is. Sorry. I'm going to jump back here for a second. You were talking about how you were just creating content in your mom's basement and you were putting it out there. And that was part of your development. And I liked that because I think sometimes we get stuck in this mindset that it has to be perfect before we can even start or we can even put ourselves out there. And that half the time, that's why people end up never pursuing or going after or even starting this journey of this amazing idea that they had because they're seeking this perfectionism before they will even put themselves out there. And what I'm hearing you say is you don't have to seek that perfectionism. You just have to get started. Absolutely. And and for the record, and my CEO clients know this, I still live in my mom's basement, except now I, I pay all except now I pay all the bills, which is a bit different than last time. But the point I want to drive is you're right, a lot of us, we make excuses not to do the thing versus to do the thing. And this is something one of my coaches taught me, and it's a question. Are you making an excuse to do the thing or not do the thing? The reason why we don't post on social is out of fear and judgment of what other people think of us. Whereas for me, the better way of thinking about it is to see it more like a boxing match, where one side of the ring is the fear, the stress, the anxiety we might have around communicating a message, and the other side of the ring is why it matters. Why is it important for us to share a message? And the goal is not for the fear to leave the ring because that's impossible to do. If me and you were having lunch and Elon Musk called me and said, hey, Brendan, I like your YouTube videos. Can you coach me tomorrow? I'll pay you a million bucks. Would I shit my pants? Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> the goal is not to remove the fear, but rather make sure mm-hmm. that in that boxing match, when your message and your fear meet in the middle of that match, that your message wins the match, that your message gets the knockout punch. Wow. That's really impactful. I like that. And cause I think you're right. I think that fear is oftentimes what is holding people back. And even going back to a little bit, what we were talking about these, these great CEOs or these speakers that, that fear of just getting up in front of their their peers is sometimes what's holding them back in delivering that, as you said, knockout punch. And, and so having those communication skills, I think is, is important. Obviously I think you feel that way as well too. 100%. So tell me then, tell me a little bit more about your YouTube channel and what can people expect if they check it out? So it sounds like you've got content on there for for a while now. What are some of those things that people can go on and find and, and why should they go on and find it? 
Absolutely, Kristen. So the YouTube channel is is what I started a few years ago, and my hope and dream with it is I think the next Elon Musk is a seven-year-old girl who can't afford a communication coach. That's my ethos. I don't need to make YouTube videos anymore. I'm doing just fine in business. I think the reason why I created them is mm-hmm. really to make sure that everyone in the world has access to all of these resources, whether they can afford a coach or not. And that's why I started Master Talk. So if you're someone out there who really wants to refine all of your communication skills. How do you deliver inspiring feedback? How do you speak up in meetings? What are some daily exercises you can practice every day in communication? Every single question you'll have on communication, hopefully, I've answered all of them on MassTalk and will continue to. So check out the YouTube channel to, to get access to all those videos for free. That's awesome. And I do it for those who are watching and not listening. The YouTube channel is scrolling at the bottom of the screen, so they can definitely check it out there. So I love this. So you've created this this resource for people to really help. And it sounds like there's a lot of different topics on there. I really like the one too you mentioned about people speaking up because I think that's another big thing that happens to a lot of people too. So maybe they have the communication skills and they have the ability to express themselves well, but it sounds like you're also kind of giving a little bit of coaching on how to best communicate when maybe you're feeling like, should I say something? Do I not say something? Am, am I reading that correctly? What hundred percent, Kristen? It's it's the idea of even if we're already great communicators, there's always something that we're not great at in communication. And the idea is how do we refine every little part of it so that we can walk away phenomenal at this skill? That's I love that. I love. So let me pause here for a second and ask you if my listeners wanted to learn more about your work or reach out. What would be the best best now I can't communicate. What would be the best way for them to do that? You're you're totally fine, Kristen. So <laughs> so the best way to do that is definitely to attend one of my free workshops. I do a free workshop over Zoom every two weeks. Super fun, live, interactive, like we talked about before. So if you want to jump in on one of those, just go to rockstarcommunicator.com. That's excellent. And then you said, are you on social media as well for people to follow you? Yeah, YouTube's the best. You could also follow me on LinkedIn if you can figure out how to spell my name. But that's another <laughs> that's another one you could reach out. I answer all my DMs there too. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. I love that. All right. So tell me more. What what are your long-term goals for this? What are you working on? What is you have this master talk, you're helping people, you have these free seminars. What else? What is your future of communication? Yeah, absolutely. Kristen, you know, for me, the the mission, the vision behind what I do is how do we live in a world where every single human being has access to free communication tools that they can learn from? There's a couple of parts to that strategy. I would say the first one is really scaling up the coaching business because that's how I pay the bills. So I can have, I have more resources for media since my my check the check that I write for my YouTube channel's production team isn't isn't cheap. So I would start there. And then the next piece is really scaling my socials, you know, since where that's mm-hmm. where a lot of the attention is. How do I bring more acclaim, more focus on my YouTube channel amongst all my other socials to increase more awareness? And then the next few years, write a book on the subject too, so that when people can read just that one book, they'll have all the tools they need to be a great speaker. I love that. I do love that. And I I really love your passion behind this too, because I see it as not only a skill set that young people need. But I, I, I see the need for it in adults, and I don't know why there's so much fear behind getting up or speaking or expressing ourselves. There's, there's probably a lot of different psychological rabbit holes we could go down. But I like that you are a resource and that your passion for communicating clearly is out there and that people can seek you out to kind of gain that support. So I think that is fantastic. 
Really, really appreciate it. Well, tell me, what is something I haven't asked you or I didn't get to or touch on that you want to mention? Um, I want to make sure that you have an opportunity before I ask our last question today to share anything that I didn't get a chance to ask you about. Yeah, absolutely, Kristen. You know, for me, what I always like to end with, and we could jump to the last question as well, is a question. And the question is simply this. How would your life change if you were an exceptional communicator? A lot of communication is saturated in negativity, stress, anxiety. Whereas for me, it's more about, hey, when was the last time we were excited about our communication skills? We're excited about the expensive things we want to buy, the businesses we want to run, the houses we want to get, the cars we want to drive in. When was the last time we got excited about our comms? And the answer is never. So how about we start today? How would your life change if you were an exceptional communicator? Start to reflect on that because you'll realize really quickly that communication is so much more than just getting the extra sale in your business. It's the way that you talk to your family. It's the way that you make friends when you travel. It's the way that you order food at a restaurant and make the waiter feel a little bit better that day. And that's really the point. When we realize communication is about leading a more fulfilling life, we'll start to take it more seriously. I love that. That's a great message. All right. Well, before we go, I'm going to ask you my question that I ask all of my guests. And that is, if you could send a message to students, and or young adults right now that may be struggling with school, uh, either academically and or social emotionally, what message would you share? Absolutely. I'll, I'll answer the question in context to communication. And the answer is realize that it's not your fault. You know, I've coached a lot of kids in my career, and a lot of them seem to believe that communication fear is normal. And it's not normal. The reason we're all scared of communication, Kristen, is because of the education system. So let me paint the picture, right? Absolutely. So let me let me paint the picture a little bit here. Where do we present? The way we present formally is school, but all mm-hmm. of those presentations have three fundamental problems. They're all mandatory. We don't wake up one morning and say, "Hey, Kristen, you want to get breakfast and present all day?" Nobody says that. Yeah. Number two, they're all different. It's never what are you passionate about? What do you care about? Do you like talking about basketball or neurodiversity or teaching? No, you got to talk about Shakespearean poetry. And then you got to talk about the history of Missouri. And you're like, I don't live in Missouri. Right? So that's number two. <laughs> and then after that, you think that's worse? The third one is the worst, Kristen. All of these presentations are tied to a punishment. Who thought of this? Like putting 12, 13, 14-year-old kids through through a ringer where every time they give a presentation, if they don't do a good job, not only do they not get a pat on the back, they get a slap in the face and 20% of their grade goes out of the water. So you what's the conclusion? You're preaching to the choir right now. There you go. So what's the conclusion? The conclusion is that we grow up believing that communication is a chore and so it becomes one and nobody wants to get better at doing the dishes. So my advice is simply this. Realize that the fear of communication has nothing to do with you. When you were five years old, you could easily do communication. It's just the education system removes that creativity out of you. So I would just say unlearn it because you're a lot more powerful than you think. That was a beautiful message and you are a gem of a person like I absolutely adore that message that you just gave that was probably one of the most powerful messages that I've had come through because you were so right in so many of the things that you said and how how impactful the education system is on us and how we perceive ourselves and our ability to do things so thank you for sharing that I I truly appreciate you saying that and I hopefully other people understand now that 
maybe it's not me. Maybe it's the setting that I'm in that's causing me to feel this way. Absolutely. That is fantastic. Well, Brennan, one more time, share with people where they can find you if they want to reach out to you or work with you or participate in your workshop. Of course. And thanks so much for having me, Kristen. This is super fun. I really enjoyed it. No, thanks for being here. Of course. So two ways to keep in touch. The first one is the YouTube channel. Just go to Master Talk in one word. You'll have access to hundreds of free videos on how to communicate ideas effectively. And number two is attend one of my free live workshop over Zoom. And you can register for our next one at rockstarcommunicator.com. Excellent. Well, Brendan, thank you again so much for being here today. And thank you to everyone else tuning in to listen to The Neurodiverse Teacher. And I will see you next week. Thanks, Brendan.